0: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. Your baseball is being played in a pandemic home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us on our Twitter account at Cup of Cubby Blue. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about baseball, pandemic baseball, and Lord knows what else for Bleed Cubby Blue. Hi guys,
1: Andy Cruz Vienna Sec, and you know, even though there wasn't baseball this weekend, I'm excited to talk about this upcoming series.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I am. I'm kind of nerve wracked about this upcoming series. Um, so just so people know, I I feel like it's important to timestamp these episodes now because there's so much going on. Uh, we're recording early on Tuesday morning, and. First of all, both of us survived whatever that crazy storm was yesterday that went from Wisconsin to Missouri. At least I think you survived. I mean, I know you're here, Andy, so you survived, but how are you and your family?
1: I was going to say, well, um, rest in peace, my my tree in my backyard, because half of it is like on the the ground in, in my backyard. My driveway is just completely trashed um i'm gonna go out and take pictures after we're done recording because we have a substation in our backyard so we have huge major power lines that go on both sides of our house and our tree is the biggest and oldest tree and so it i always i keep sending them emails and letters for them to cut it down for us and they just refuse so i need more evidence because like one of these days one of these storms is going to take that thing down and we're going to be out of commission for a while
0: oh my gosh that's crazy yeah it's yeah we, scary <laughs> we were originally going to record this episode on Monday evening after work and Andy sent me a text it was like hey are we recording blah 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 and I was like well I'm hiding in my bathroom because it's the only room I have without windows <laughs> <I'm> I, <trying. laughs> I pictured I
1: pictured you with like um you know like um Dorothy on her bike like floating past your windows <laughs> Like, Toto and Dorothy on her bike and, like, the Wicked Witch of the West flying by.
0: Like, I'm I mean, like the... <laughs> you're not far off. Like, I got kind of freaked out when, like, obviously I got the emergency alert and I didn't really know what was going on. So I looked at AccuWeather, but I, I noticed that the, like, large window in my living room kind of looked like it was, like, moving from the wind. And then I saw like bags oh and stuff like flying not quite eye level but like way higher than they should be like higher than the tree line and i was like i am getting out of here
1: <laughs> that would freak me out cuz your window is like your wall like that's your I wall i know that is the wall yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah ugh that would scare me
0: it it freaks me out a little bit the window survived um there's a bunch of down tree branches and stuff in the neighborhood but it was sort of wild, um, and I'm glad that everything is going okay for you all too, because that was just that was just kind of nuts. Speaking of things that are nerve wracking, it's also been kind of nerve wracking to know what's happening about baseball this week. And so let's jump back. Um, obviously, as you know from the last episode, the Cubs and Cardinals series was postponed entirely. The Cardinals have not played a baseball game since July 29th and it doesn't look like they're going to play one for at least a couple of days which is just crazy uh I mean I'm kind of nervous that the Cubs haven't played in four days and hoping that doesn't hurt their momentum at all. Andy what do you think of this delay that the Cardinals have going on? Well
1: so a couple things about this now I know um they had their series against Pittsburgh was already postponed, which was supposed to be, I believe, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, I don't know, their yeah, series this week are,
0: are weird,
1: um, but they've already postponed their series with Cleveland, which was at the end of this week when we were done with Cleveland, so they've already postponed those two, so at the very earliest the Cardinals have any chance of playing would be Friday, and I still don't think that happens um the thing that concerns me about this is originally at the beginning of the year when they started started discussing teams missing games and how how they would um figure out playoffs and who would make the playoffs when some teams will obviously not be able to play as many games as other teams was winning percentage now we have to keep in mind the cardinals have only played what five games yes so (laughs) their winning percentage could be very high still at the end of the season um, based on what games they get to play. So hopefully at some point that is discussed and acknowledged that that will not be a fair way for teams to get into the playoffs. I can't see that happening. I mean, I can't see them using winning percentage as a way to, to categorize teams in their divisions when some teams are going to play Closer to 60, I would bet some teams are going to play maybe closer to 40. And then you have teams like the Marlins and the Cardinals who are going to be far and away below everybody else. Um, And that's saying that the Cardinals won't make these games up. I just don't see how they possibly can. Um, It was discussed before they missed the series with the Cubs that they would try to make all of those games up thus far. But now they're missing three more series. I don't know how they're going to be able to do that. So. Yeah, I mean, and and quite frankly, I would not be surprised if they're scheduled to play this next series this week, I would guess this weekend, if I don't even know who the team is, I didn't even get that far, but if there's concern there, you know, if that team is like, whoa, 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 like, we need more testing before we put our guys on the field with these guys, like, just a little worried, still not enough days yada yada that sort of thing so i would not be surprised if stuff like that starts happening especially because there's been a couple one-offs since you and i even last spoke um it's it's just it's a real concern it's going to be a real concern and i'm even a little concerned for our guys to get on the field with the indians based on what is coming to fruition this week this morning and last night with um a couple of their pitchers so that's that's a little scary too hopefully they get it figured out everybody that went out and broke protocol
0: Okay, well, we're definitely going to talk about the Indians in just a second because I have a piece coming out on that in about an hour. Um, but before we get to that, I want to go back to the winning percentage thing because it is sort of wild, and I feel like MLB needs to set a minimum threshold or standard here or something. If you look at the NL East right now, the Marlins are in first place uh, with a record of 7-3 and because they've only played 10 games. <laughs> and the Braves are in second place with a record of of 11-7. Which doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And I understand that MLB wants to not penalize teams that have to miss like a week or two weeks because of a COVID outbreak. But at some point, you have to say that there have to be a minimum of like 50 games played or 45 games played or whatever that minimum threshold is. Like, I don't really care what they set it at as long as it's transparent and announced in advance. I'm going to be really upset if that number does not get announced until like a week before the season ends when there's no time to do anything about it. And frankly, that would be such a Manfred thing to do that that's kind of what I expect them to do.
1: Yeah, and here's another thing that you can also go into because MLB is doing investigations on the teams that are having these outbreaks is teams can I think teams can and should be penalized for breaking protocol or having evidence of having broke protocol. Um you know that's something they agreed to, and they're putting not only their teammates at risk, their families at risk, but they're putting other teams at risk when they do that. And um, they definitely shouldn't be rewarded, or that shouldn't be overlooked. So um, that should, you know, we might see that come into play. And I, I honestly, the outrage among not just fans, but you know, you see some some of baseball writers and, and um, media making the same suggestion that you know these teams that have a higher winning percentage with lower games played because they're not playing games because there was possibly you know players breaking protocol they should not be rewarded for that there should definitely be some sort of penalty but like you said that would probably also fall into the category of um a minimum threshold for them to have played a, a certain amount of games
0: right cuz you're obviously not going to like put the marlin like if, if... I don't know. God forbid the Marlins had a secondary outbreak or something next week. You're not going to put the Marlins in the playoffs with 10 games played and a seven and three record. Like they're at some point, and you're probably not going to do it with 20 games played and a 14 and six record. Like at some point, you've got to have some sort of equalizer there and it's, there's gotta be some sort of minimum threshold. I don't know what that is to put this in perspective for the NL central standings. And then we'll get to this Indians issue. Uh, Currently, the Reds and the Pirates have both played 16 games. The Reds are 7 and 9. The Pirates are 3 and 13. The Cubs have only played 13 games because they lost some games against the Cardinals and there was a rainout in um, Cincinnati when they were there. So they're 10 and 3. The Brewers have only played 14 games because they were also scheduled to play the Cardinals. They're 6 and 8. The Cardinals are 2 and 3. <laughs> they have played five games. They have played. About a third of the schedule of everybody else in the division. So, look, I I do think there has to be a way for the Cardinals to make some of this up. I know that it's less than ideal that they've currently got a bunch of doubleheaders scheduled to try to make some of that up, and they haven't even been able to practice as a team for a week. But I don't know what else you do other than just say that it's impossible for them to finish the season and remove them from the division. Like, I don't know how you let them play like a 25 game season and compare that to a 60 game season. That would be insane.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and you can bet that, you know, there's going to be some talk of this when we get maybe closer to the end of this season and their winning percentages is is, um, maybe up there and puts them, you know unfairly at the top of the division it's just something that people are not going to overlook especially because you know I mean there's so many other teams right now that don't seem to have an issue with following protocol and keeping safe and keeping the positive tests at a minimum and then you have just two teams in the entire league that are having this issue so um yeah well. it's possible- <laughs> what <laughs>
0: Well, you said just two teams. Well, and I want to I want to talk about the issue you alluded to at the beginning of all of this, which is the Cubs' next opponent. Because honestly, like, really, no, I really
1: well, and I applaud them for doing that because that is definitely. um, I feel like you're reading more and more right now with college teams and college athletes being pressured into. Um, lying and kind of like covering up when they do stuff like this. But I love the fact that this team is taking accountability, especially in a series that, you know, kind of kind of pulls probably at their uh, their bitterness a little bit based on what happened the last time we played two games in Cleveland.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So I think the, the, the Indians did partially the right thing here. And, let, and let's break down exactly what happened so that people understand in case you haven't been following this. Uh, An Indians pitcher named Zach Plesak, yes, he is the nephew of former Cub Dan Plesak, was pitching in Chicago against the White Sox over the weekend. He had friends who he wanted to go see on Saturday night, so he snuck out of the hotel to go see his friends, um, and he got caught. There's a compliance officer now that travels with every team, so he was basically told, you can't get on the plane with us to fly to Detroit. You're going to drive back to Cleveland and stay by yourself for a while, Because we can't have you be on the plane with the rest of the players when you've broken protocol and you're just kind of like out and about doing your own thing. That is exactly the right thing to do, and I'm really glad the Indians did it. The problem comes as follows. Mike Clevenger, we found out yesterday, did also go out with Zach Plezak on Saturday night, and he didn't tell anybody, and he didn't get caught. And he got on the plane and flew to Detroit with the rest of the Indians on Sunday. But they found out that he went out in Chicago on Saturday on Monday. So he's already been on a plane for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, however long the Indians were on the plane to Detroit with all the recycled air issues and everything else. And so the thing that bothers me about this, the CDC and medical professionals have been really clear that air travel and bars are like the two riskiest things you can do. And the reason for that is that you're in close quarters, the air is recycling. So as the, as you're flying, you're all breathing the same air over and over again. So even though the coronavirus isn't airborne per se, it's like in the droplets or whatever, airplanes recycle that air in a way that makes it so that everybody is functionally breathing the same particles throughout the course of a flight. There's just It's just the way that sort of enclosed um, capsule in the cabin works. And so... Props to the Indians for sending Zach Plezak home, like in a car on his own to keep him off the plane. But it doesn't really matter when Mike Clevenger was on the plane.
1: Well, and how angry are you if you're his teammates and like him watch Plezak get sent home and knowing full well that he was with them and then putting himself in a situation where, you know, he could be exposing an entire plane full of his teammates. Like, it just, it, I mean, I like that. I guess the investigation could have been done a little bit more thoroughly. It couldn't have been hard to figure out that Mike Clevenger was with him. Um, it, it, it's just
0: a yeah, little Yeah, clearly not. It took 24 hours. Well. Sorry. I
1: I mean, you know, but what is this guy doing, this compliance officer doing that he he can find out that Plesak was out, but not Clevenger? I don't know. It just, it seems like that it wouldn't be hard to figure that out. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you're please act, just, you know, keep your teammates safe and tell them, yeah, Clevenger was out with me, man. Um, he probably needs to come home with me. It just, to me, it just seems we're grown adults here. Like, this is like high school crap Right. <laughs> you know like sneaking out and you know not telling mom and dad it just it's ridiculous to me <laughs> and yeah I mean it's a little it's a little concerning if you're the Cubs stepping on field they just avoided a series with a team that's obviously having issues and now only to think about what they have to step on the field against tonight it's just yeah it's a little concerning so hopefully we get a bunch of tests back today and You know, the question is, is it even enough time, the incubation period, if if he has been exposed and if he is going to test positive and if he's also, you know, exposed teammates, just there's just so many what ifs and it's alarming. And I wouldn't blame the Cubs for being concerned with playing these guys.
0: Yeah, I'm super concerned. And like, I, I got a little bit of blowback for posting about this on Twitter when it came out that Mike Clevenger had been on the plane And I was sort of like, this is the exact same situation the Cardinals are in, except we're in that window of time where the Cardinals had like two days and they're like, we don't have any positives, so we're just all going to practice together, right? Now, is it possible that Mike Clevenger doesn't test positive and that him and Zach Pleszak both got super lucky and neither of them were exposed? Yes. Is it also possible that they weren't lucky and they were exposed? Also yes. That's why the Indians didn't put Pleszak on the plane with the team because they knew it was super risky. Uh, So the fact that Clevenger was on that plane is just a problem for me. And I don't know how you say it's too risky for Mike Clevenger to be on a plane with the Indians from Detroit back home to Cleveland, but it's not risky for every other player to just go play a baseball game on the same day. I think that 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 ignores what we know of the science and the incubation period for the novel coronavirus. And I think that that could really backfire. And I hope the Cubs are so, so careful. Like we've already heard that the Cubs have gone above and beyond in terms of safety protocols and how they're taking care of their team. And I want to talk about that in a second because I think this is really outstanding and they deserve a ton of credit for it. But they're going to also need to be really careful on the base paths and wearing masks as much as humanly possible when they're around the Indians players because, frankly, they do not know what's going on Uh, In terms of Indians players exposure to the coronavirus right now. And, and this is the part that really just made me angry. And then I promise we'll get to actual Cubs baseball because I know this is a Cubs podcast. Uh, The Indians have a teammate who just finished cancer treatment. Cookie Carrasco was on that plane. Like, I don't even understand how you do that. Like I'm just furious about the whole the whole thing with Clevenger. Like I I don't know how you make that decision to get on that plane with your team.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's very it's a very selfish selfish move, and you know, like I said, we're grown adults here. Like, just come clean, man. Just come clean. It, you know, you were out in Chicago. People may not know who you are in Chicago, but somebody is is somebody. It's gonna get back to somebody that you were out. <laughs> I, 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 yeah it, it just it's 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 all really ridiculous and totally avoidable that's the thing like i'm so tired of hearing people say well you can get it just by doing this or you can get it just by doing this these people put themselves in this situation there was a choice that they could have made and they made the wrong choice and now they're endangering a lot of people and it's just extremely selfish and and you know if every day people want to make that decision that's that's up to them Whether or not they are affecting a lot of other people, also a selfish move. These people are Major League Baseball players. They made an agreement when they signed on to play this season to keep themselves safe and follow a protocol. These people are not following that protocol. And I'm sorry, but there has to be consequences for that. That is ridiculous to me. This is a very easy thing. Nobody else is getting to go out with their friends in Chicago. Nobody else is getting to do that. If they're making that choice, again, Selfish move, but they're probably not major league baseball players. It's just, it's, it's that simple right now. You have what three months to play baseball and maybe not even that. If you keep acting this way, like just buckle down, stay in your own private bubble for those months and you can do whatever you want after that and, and endanger whoever you want, which is completely selfish. I'm going to keep saying it. It it's just, it's ridiculous to me that you couldn't do this for one weekend. Just keep your butt in a hotel And keep yourself and your teammates safe. It's just ridiculous to me.
0: Uh, Yeah, I could not agree with that anymore. Um, Speaking of the Cubs and the protocols, before we get to the probable pitchers for the Indian series, which obviously have shifted since Clevenger was one of those pitchers, um, there was a really great piece in The Athletic that was looking at how the Cubs are one of the teams, the Yankees were the other team that really got focused on here going above and beyond MLB's protocols. And and I just loved all of this. Like, and I look, I know Cubs fans out there. There's a lot of reasons that people get angry at the Ricketts and I've gotten angry at them too and wanted them to do things differently. However, I thought that this was just super telling. So when the Cubs have been on the road, they did not want to rely on team self-policing and economic incentives in the arbitration system and the free agent market. So what they did, and this is according to The Athletic, it came out on the 7th or the 6th. With the travel industry decimated, the Cubs shopped for hotels with outdoor space that could be turned into an open-air lounge for the duration of their stays. Instead of sitting in their rooms, players and staffers could eat, hang out, make phone calls in those patio areas. In addition to meal money, the team is supplying three box meals per day on the road. The Cubs are scheduling buses to run at 20-minute intervals to avoid crowding during those rides. And according to Ian Happ, who is the union representative for the Cubs, that all of this came from the top. The Ricketts family was willing to provide anything and everything that they possibly could have needed to make it through pandemic baseball. Theo and Jed did a great job of thinking through what we would need. Andy, I I thought this was outstanding to read and hear. And the Yankees are doing something similar. They're like renting out full conference spaces and creating video game lounges for their players so they're not tempted to leave. More teams need to do this.
1: Um absolutely it like I said this is not this is not a hard concept. You do things like this, you go that extra mile to ensure your player' safety. They know that you're doing these things. you're on top of it, already like thinking of these things before any other teams and making sure your players are kept safe, but giving them an option to kind of let loose and hang out, so to speak, so they're not literally. Cramped up in their room for the entire time. I mean, to me, that is that is such a um, such a huge leap for this organization because, like, I think I wrote, I read you tweet somewhere along the way. Th- you know, the, there's lots of things that the Ricketts and the the organization do that you can complain about, but this is certainly not one of them. They have totally gotten this right. So, yeah, absolutely, I love this. I think, um, you know, if anybody listening has played any kind of travel ball or. Um, any kind of travel team that, you know, there's a lot of teams that do this nowadays and that's basically to keep their players out of trouble, keep them where they know that they're at. They know they can also monitor when they're going to bed, that sort of thing. It's perfect. Like my, my daughter's travel basketball team last year, we had a, a huge tournament that the team went to and they did the same thing. They run it out. Uh, one of those common areas and the players all hung out. The parents all hung out. Everybody was right there. It's perfect. You can totally monitor what everybody's doing, where everybody is, but yet give them an option to all hang out in a common space. It's so great. And I'm so happy that our team is finally has something positive to discuss because over the last couple of seasons, obviously we've had some bits and pieces of, of space where, you know, we've not had the best things to discuss and and we won't even go back into what that was, but this is great. (laughs) Like, I love that. We've been faced with this pandemic. There's a lot of negatives with this and a lot of things that we've had to overcome to be able to play baseball, but the Cubs have, have done this right. And I I could not be more proud to be their a fan of their team.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm super thrilled about this. I cannot um, stress enough that I think this was done just very well by the entire organization. And I am interested to see what happens um, moving forward with other teams, if other teams will adopt similar types of protocols. I mean, there were some anonymous quotes from players in this article that really indicated, you know, they were not super thrilled to hear that there were other teams taking great care of their players and they were not being taken care of. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're a team that's not not doing something like this, you need to jump on that that ship because uh, <laughs> the Cubs definitely are setting the bar kind of high with how they're treating the pandemic life and, and how safe they're keeping their players, but also giving them options to to maybe, you know, have some normalcy to their routine. And, and I'm sure that players appreciate that.
0: Totally. Um, speaking of some of the normalcy that Cubs are... The Cubs and other teams are looking forward to in the coming days. It does look like the series with Cleveland is on. The Cubs were heading there today. That series will kick off this evening. Uh, the pitching matchups have shifted. The Cubs used that four day break to reset their rotation just a tiny bit. I, this is going to sound super familiar to people, but it's, it's just a little bit different. You'll see where. Um, John Lester will face now Adam Plutko on Tuesday, this evening at six o'clock. Um, He'll be followed by Kyle Hendricks, who will face off with Carlos Carrasco on Wednesday. And then they will head to Milwaukee for three games against the Brewers. And we'll preview that in full on Thursday morning or Wednesday evening at some point. But those pitchers will be Hugh Darvish, then Tyler Chatwood, then Alec Mills. So you'll sort of notice that they flip-flopped a little bit with the Lester-Mills situation um, so Mills and Hendricks no longer pitch back to back, which I really like because I was concerned that since Mills and Hendricks are such similar pitchers, that could be a problem. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I think we've been saying this for a while. They are extremely similar and they both have equally good stuff. But you're, when you're putting them back to back in a rotation and perhaps even falling in the same series, you know, you're definitely given the advantage to the batter when – you're doing that because obviously they've seen one the day before they're going to see one the next day, you know, their timing is already set up to, to face the next one the, you know, Mills and as opposed to Hendricks. So I love that they did this. I think this makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day, a lot of the stuff that we're noticing being that we're still kind of new in this season, if you've noticed, Ross has done a great job of, also seeing this and changing it right away. Not going three times through the rotation, four times through the rotation, noticing that he's giving the advantage to the other team when he's putting Hendricks and Mills back-to-back and then making the change. Like, noticing it now and then waiting three more, you know, three more times through the rotation before making the change. He actually noticed it and made the change. And, you know, that he's kind of also managing the bullpen the same way. I really appreciate that. This is a season that you cannot, you can't wait to make those changes. You can't let it happen five, six times, because who knows how many losses that's going to account for. You have to make the change when you see it. And I love that that's the kind of manager he is. Um, And you and I discussed, you know, what we thought he was going to bring to the table as far as managing these Cubs. And I am just so impressed with him on a daily basis how he speaks to the media, the things he says about his players and how he backs his guys, how he's managing this team and the rotation and the bullpen. I just, I love it. I, all around, I could not be happier and I'm pleasantly surprised on a daily basis. It, 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 it makes me excited for what the season could bring.
0: Yeah. I am super stoked for the return of Cubs baseball. And I'm just praying that it's safe. Cause I'm all I do is worry now. I swear. Um, We are going to talk more about this Cubs-Indians matchup that is kicking off Thursday night, in or Thursday night, Tuesday night, the other day of the week that starts with a T. Uh, Tuesday night in Cleveland, man, it is early, y'all, and I am still (laughs) drinking my first cup of coffee. Um, But we need to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we're going to look at who's hot on both teams in terms of their bats. Uh, what we can expect in Cleveland and a little bit of news from around the league. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. All right, we are back. Uh, The Cubs' stats haven't changed all that much since last episode, so if you were on last episode and you heard me raving about Wilson Contreras, um, you already know that he's on fire and that Jason Kipnis has also been just kind of killing it Lately, However, we didn't want to just talk about the same guys who were already killing it uh, last week who have had a a brief unexpected four-day vacation. So let's look at a couple of other players who have really been swinging a hot bat to start the Cubs season. Um, And Andy, I want to start with Ian Happ, who has just kind of become quietly the Cubs' everyday center fielder, and he's really just hitting everything right now.
1: Well, You know, I could not be happier about this guy. I know everybody, and you read a lot of people go back and forth on some of these guys that were platooning positions, but Ian Happ is somebody that a lot of very knowledgeable, smart people, Sarah and I included, um, said that this guy was going to come around. He was going to be an everyday starter at some point. Um, You know, he needed that kick in the butt last year starting the season off in the minors, And he's really used that and propelled himself into a position to, to be an everyday starter. And, you know, lo and behold here, David Ross is this past weekend, basically commenting that this is my center fielder and he's the real deal. And he just looks, he looks phenomenal. His confidence is there, you know, defensively. He's really, he's really made some adjustments that I I've seen. Hopefully he continues to make adjustments. There's always room for improvement. Um, but like, you know, the routes he's taking to some of the, some of the hits that he's been fielding look a lot cleaner. Um, he obviously has a very strong arm. His play appearances have been, he's demonstrated a lot more patience. I think that's important for him because he is somebody that did strike out a lot. So he's making good contact. His average right now is 297. Um, you know, he, he's, he's just somebody I'm really excited for. And you know that he's a good teammate. He's one of those guys that cuts up in the dugout. And so everybody, I'm sure, is very happy to see this um, come about. And listen, I am somebody that knows that they have a starting spot and they're no longer battling. You know, that kind of allows them, I don't want to say to relax because you definitely don't want him to relax. But it makes him comfortable and confident in where he's at and what his teammates see from him and that sort of thing. And I think that this is only going to help him just take off even more. And I am so excited to see what this kid does.
0: Yeah, I love all of that. Um, Just for reference, Ian Happ will enter the series in Cleveland, uh, slashing 297, 409, 622. He has three home runs already, and his WRC Plus is 181. The other player I want to talk about who really – has been just doing an awesome job lately is Anthony Rizzo, who has quietly put together the most F war on the team over their first 13 starts. And, and you may not notice it if you just look at his slash line, but his WRC plus is one fifty two. He's hit three home runs. Um, What do we think of Anthony Rizzo right now? Just quietly being right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, he's such a great contact
1: hitter. I love watching him at the plate when he has two strikes on him. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would ever say that about anybody because you always, that's a, that's definitely a pressure situation when you're at the plate with two strikes. But this man manages to make things happen when he has two strikes on him. And we, I'm, everybody talks about how he chokes up and he, you know, he does not, he is not budged off that plate. Like that's his area. That's where he's going to stay. He is just such a great contact hitter and he is starting to heat up a little bit, which kind of, you know, Made me a little sad, obviously, that he didn't get any at bats over the weekend against um, the Cardinals because I always love watching him do some damage against them. I'm I'm just excited because he's one that is going to keep his foot on the gas. He needs a see on his chest for the love of God. He's somebody that, you know, you can tell has kept it light. I love watching him in the dugout because. Um, on Thursday, I think it was when we had the shellacking by the Royals, he was next to Ross and you could tell that they were discussing, you know, strategy or things that were happening on the field or at bats or whatever. They were discussing. I mean, they were like in conversation. I mean, he had a mask on, obviously, but it was it was really great to see that. And, you know, he's a student of the game still, even at the at, at the stage he's in and it's just it's so fun to watch him out there, and you just never know what he's going to do next. Because, like I said, he's just one of the best contact hitters, and and so fun to watch at the plate. And I am ready for baseball tonight, for the love of God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty ready for baseball too. I'm not going to lie. What other player to keep an eye on? And I know that Chris Bryant got off to a slow start, and everybody was kind of like, "Oh no, what is going on with Chris Bryant?" If you pull out um, what he was doing, and I was just trying to get this back on the splits tool. If you pull out what he was doing in July from what he's been doing in August, his his stats seem to have gotten back to normal KB, like what we would normally expect from Chris Bryant. So he's definitely been on an upward trajectory. And I don't know if it's because he told his son that he was going to hit him a home run and then did, which, by the way... That's such a Disney movie thing to do. And of course, Chris Bryant did it. Like, t- I- am I the only one that thinks that Chris Bryant is like a Disney movie dad? No,
1: no. Look at his wife. She's like a Disney princess. <laughs> like, no, they're like the perfect baseball Disney movie. Like, no, you're not the only one. This is, it's such a Disney fairy tale. So hopefully it ends that way, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um. So what I was trying to find, if I could, you know, if I could, maneuver my way back to the page that i was looking at before uh and admittedly it's a small sample size they haven't played quite that many games in august as but you know he's been hitting 308 since then the wrc plus is up to 194 so hopefully kb has turned it around we're gonna see uh kb's bat wake up just in time for i guess we're in the stretch run right i know (laughs) he well, it, <laughs> like two weeks from the trade right deadline. yeah well I was gonna say because I
1: tweeted this you know there's always those people and usually for KP it's not at the beginning of the season he usually has a pretty decent start it's more towards the middle where he hits kind of a, a lull a little bit of a lull um and people start saying oh you know he's broken oh here we go this is actually who he is Da-da-da-da-da. like all these people kind of you know talking badly about him so I asked when he was struggling to get get going, which we all know who he is. We all know what kind of hitter he is. It, it's going to, he'll get back there. Like it might just take him a little bit longer this season. And, you know, we can't, you, you can't say those things and expect that he's not going to come back out. You know just bashing so my whole thing was I, I kept requesting those people that are talking badly about KB could you do it louder or more because usually as soon as they do that he gets <laughs> going and um, I feel like he's definitely starting to starting to heat up a little bit I I feel like this leadoff spot is is kind of the black hole for for Cubs batters but if anybody can figure it out and make it work it's definitely Chris Bryant and So I would definitely keep an eye on him over the next couple series and, and watch how his at-bats are going because he's been, he's been having great at-bats like, you know, nine, 10 pitch at-bats, which is great. Um, And even a couple walks in this last series. So yeah, I, I I look for him to heat up and definitely start to look like Chris Bryant again.
0: A couple other notes before we get to some Cleveland players to watch Um, this has, Very little to do with actual baseball, but who knows? Um, Mike Trout has been proving that dad power is totally a thing. Javier Baez announced that they are going to have another baby Baez. And they're just the cutest pictures on Instagram. Uh, Their son, AJ, with the big brother shirt on and like holding up a Baez onesie.
1: (laughs) I mean, just ridiculous. And of course, I mean, like the world needs more biases. Let's just be honest. So Just keep, keep them coming. Keep them coming there, (laughs) Javi.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, all right. So uh, before we sign off here, um, let's take a look at who the Cubs are playing this weekend. The Cleveland Indians have a few guys who have been swinging a hot bat lately, specifically Jose Ramirez, who is like their perennial all-star third baseman he's batting 273 351 515 with a wrc plus of 138 and cesar hernandez is batting 305 414 390 with a wrc plus of 132 um what do we think of the indians right now andy well
1: i mean they just came off a series against the white Sox and um a couple close games there uh you know some very I don't want to say average because we're so new into the season and it's hard to, it's hard to really gauge this, but definitely some, some decent players there at the top that we're going to have to keep an eye out for Hernandez Ramirez. Like you mentioned, Lindor obviously is, is always going to be somebody to keep an eye on. I mean, they're 10 and seven, so um, they're not a bad team. We're going to be seeing a lot of them over the next few weeks. I believe we play them. Do we play them two more times after this series?
0: yeah, I yeah. Think so. I mean,
1: so it's definitely it's a weird season in the sense that we're going to start to see players that you know we probably some of us didn't really pay attention to before, like playoffs in, in previous seasons. So, you know, I'll be learning and watching a lot of, of these American League hitters because you know I'm I'm one admittedly that doesn't really watch a whole lot of American League baseball until playoffs happen. So, um, you know, it's always it always brings me back to. A place that I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. When when you we play in Cleveland, and I say always, I think we've done it once since 2016. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it it I may have to bring out some some of my my um, my wardrobe from 2016, just you know, to to get me back to that place. I know it'll be interesting to watch Jason Kipnis, so that'll be another one to I keep an eye on. Because um, how weird for him, you know, to have played against the Cubs in Cleveland at in that 2016 World Series and now play for the Cubs crazy I'm sure that will be talked about don't throw things at me <laughs> because <laughs> you're probably going to hear a lot about it over the next two days um but yeah I mean this is I'm, I'm excited for this series like I said it's kind of nice to to have new blood if you will um on our schedule this season uh and I'll definitely be be learning and watching with with probably a few of you so I I'm just ready for baseball. Thank goodness. It's Eastern time. So it's an hour sooner for us tonight.
0: Um, it's funny that you bring up the whole, like, playing a series in Cleveland thing. I'm obviously going to wear my, the greatest game ever played was on a Wednesday in Cleveland shirt. Cause I think I'm like obligated to do that whenever the Cubs play the <laughs> Indians. The only question is, am I going to wear it on Wednesday or am I going to wear it today? I, I, I got to kind of work that one out in my head. Um, No, it it should be a fun series. The AL Central has a lot of fun teams who are really making quite a fight of it right now. The Twins are on top of the division with an eleven and six record. The Tigers are right behind them at nine and five, and the Indians are right behind them at ten and seven. So you've got a few teams clustered up there with right around a six hundred win percentage, which you know should be really interesting. I'm curious to see how all of that works out. Um, One last thing I want to hit on before we call it. For this episode, Andy, did you happen to catch this A's Astros fight despite the fact that fighting is strictly prohibited in pandemic life now? I
1: mean, I'm to the point now where I'm just like, can we, can we, can the Astros just like drop like through the ground, like from the earth? Like, (laughs) like seriously. And if you've dug at all into what started this whole debacle, it was a freaking coach. Like, this guy is notorious yeah. for being a grade A jerk. And, like, I mean, what is wrong with this team? For one, why are you hitting people? You should be thankful that you even have a season. Like, if it if it were know. up to me, you guys wouldn't even be playing. Like, seriously. And then go, you know, this poor guy had been hit three times in the, in the series, the second time that game. Yeah, of course he's going to be pissed. I mean, I'm mad for him. Give me a break and then to make comments like that to him? Oh, jeez. The fighting thing, that's that's another level of stupidity. But it it just ugh, gosh, what a it, it's a it's a definitely a head scratcher. I just don't even know. I mean, the Astros need to get their act together for real.
0: Yeah, I thought it was wild that like the Astros started this whole thing, that they hit uh, Ramon Laureano, who is a player for the Athletics, three times, and the third time, y'all really should watch the John Boy breakdown of this if, if you haven't seen it already, because it's hilarious, but the third time as he's walking to first base, he kind of like shows the pitcher, he's like, this is how you throw a slider, <laughs> and if you threw your slider correctly, it would break, and you, it wouldn't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> the pitcher kind of jaws back at him like, hey, buddy, just go to first. And he's like, no, no, I just, I want you to throw the slider correctly because I'm sick of it hitting me in the back. And it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, but the other thing that is funny about this, and this is why you should watch the entire John Boy breakdown. And, and I'm not usually one to give props to former Cub Brett Anderson because he kind of left on bad terms. But this was so funny. When the video came out, Brett Anderson um, retweeted it with the comment, Alex Cintron with the ultimate soft move, because you watch the, that's the Astros hitting coach. He kind of like comes out of the dugout, steps towards Loriano, like come at me, and then immediately retreats behind a wall of Astros players. And it is just like so ridiculous. Like how do you start a fight and then not really like show up for the fight? Well,
1: and rumor has it more than one, person even on the astros has said that this coach made a comment about um the player's mom and listen in in hispanic culture that is like the ultimate no-no like that is like right you mention someone's mom and there's automatically a fight happening like it does not matter and so like that's just disgusting to me man and I can't wait to see the suspensions that are handed down for this because I swear to god if this coach does not get some time um from what I read it, he's expected to to have a, a major um a major punishment handed down because they put coaches and managers on a higher higher grading system because obviously they're supposed to be setting the example and for this guy to be chirping from the dugout and then hide behind his players. What a disgrace. Like seriously Astros, you have a season. I mean, play baseball and stop being idiots. Like it's just, it's mind blowing to me.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And I, I'm curious to see what happens with these punishments too if you recall Joe Kelly on the Dodgers was suspended for eight games out of a 60 game season so more than a tenth of the season and admittedly that's like two starts for him but still it's a lot uh, relative to the length of the season for a pitcher Um, and this seems worse to me like what Centrone did and starting a fight with a player just seems worse to me so I'm curious to see how this all plays out We will have all of that information and more for you here on the next Cup of Cubby Blue, which will drop before the Cubs play the Brewers. We will look back at the series in Cleveland. We will give you any and all updates on what is happening with pandemic baseball around the league. We will let you know if we've learned anything new and cool about Cubs players, whether it is new puppies or new babies. Uh, If you are looking for us in the meantime, we will be tweeting, about all of the content from this episode from the at cup of cubby blue account. You can also find me at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find Andy at at BRYZ underscore blue. And both of us are here for all of your Cubs news updates and pandemic baseball banter for the duration till next time. Bye.